Welcome to the podcast, Work in Design. I think the thing that keeps me going is learning. Design's really nice in that way that just becomes part of life. So for me, being a designer, it's that ability to affect the everyday. What I'd always advise is, if you've got the opportunity to do an art foundation, do it. Because it's a year of free education and you can try that kind of art school experience because it's very different from A-levels. In this series, we'll discover how you can work as a designer. I'm Kieran Bakewell, and I feel lucky to call design my job. I think it's rewarding work where you can really make a difference. I hope that I can help a new and diverse generation find their way into this fantastic career. I'll be interviewing practicing designers to find out exactly what they do, importantly, how they got there, and also discuss some of the amazing opportunities being a designer presents. So if you're a young creative person and you're wondering what jobs could suit you after school, or perhaps you'd already like to pursue a career in design, then this podcast could be for you. If you'd like to find out any more about any of the episodes or interview guests, please visit workindesign.co.uk. Today, I'm lucky to be joined by not only a designer, but a degree and master's level educator. Fabrizio Cocciarella, Fab as most people call him, studied design right through to master's level at the Royal College of Art in London, before going on to work for various companies in the space of interior design, retail design and furniture design. Fab then moved on to work at the Manchester Metropolitan University. He has led the three-dimensional design degree course and is currently a senior lecturer on the master's level interiors programme. I've known Fab for a very long time and I regard him as one of the most creative people I know. I'm really interested to hear his perspective on how to go about turning creativity into a job. Fab, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I think that the word design can sometimes be misused, perhaps used to describe something with a, a higher degree of integrity or maybe a luxury item, which can make it sound a bit superficial or even snobby, which of course it is not. Could you describe what you think about the word design? I suppose for me, design's a process. When we talk about design, and certainly when we talk about design as a career or design as a subject area, it's so multifaceted, it goes into so many different things. So when you say you're a designer, you can be a designer of many things. But also specifically, we have things like fashion product furniture, we have craft interiors, architecture, they're all design processes. I was reading a little bit earlier about kind of where these ideas about the origin of design came from. And there's a really interesting design writer called Edzio Manzini. He talks about that perhaps the, the first design or the first time we encountered design was two and a half million years ago when our ancestors first invented tools. Yeah. And those tools became the way that we started to affect the world around us. And as we started to develop those tools, that was the design process. Mm. So I suppose using a thinking and ingenuity to think about how we could modify things through designing some kind of interface. So it's the first occasion where things didn't just happen to people, people took control of exactly. what was happening to them. And maybe that's a nice, yeah, maybe it's yeah. that, it's taking control of things and, yeah. and modifying them. And what's the name of the design thing yeah. you mentioned there? Ezio Manzini. Ezio Manzini. Okay, so perhaps now we can move on to what you do now. Can you describe what you do now? Yeah, so now I've been at Manchester School of Art just over 10 years. I've taught on the BA, interior design. Now I teach on the MA. I used to run three-dimensional design for a bit. I'm also a researcher, so I do design research Okay, as part of what I do. And I also run this unit at Manchester School of Art called Unit X, and that's a collaborative unit. So the idea is that that's 
professionally focused and it allows students to explore themes rather than disciplines and they can collaborate across programs. So rather than getting stuck into being a particular type of designer, you have the flexibility to work collaboratively with others, which is more kind of, well, it's more like the real world, isn't it? As a designer, you That's fantastic, yeah. And I guess it prepares people for the fact that once they're taught how to design, yeah. that can be applied in many ways. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. What do you enjoy most about your job? I think the thing that keeps me going is learning. And I think that's learning in many ways. So I enjoy teaching others how to learn, you know, or, or how to kind of help them explore ideas, you know. So as a, you know, as a designer and as a creative person, you, you start some kind of endeavour and you research it and you start developing things and it takes you somewhere. And I think it's a really valuable process with whatever you do, whether you're a designer or not, this kind of letting things happen and evolve and not being too fixated on the end goal. And I think in terms of learning, that learning process is really valuable. But also for me, you know, I learn through learning. I learn through teaching others. I yep. learn new things. I'm constantly learning through kind of translating things that are going on in the world around me and then thinking about how I might impact on that or how I might start to help others think about design in new ways. Yeah. So you're you're someone who really enjoys the process. You enjoy the process exactly. of ideas. Yeah, how yeah. do we start turning these ideas into something real or how do yeah. we explore these ideas? And actually, just going back to your point, what you said about design research, could you tell me a bit about that? What is that? And yeah. who's it for? Why do you do it? Yeah, yeah. So design research, I mean, I see it, I kind of see it as, for me, it's design practice. It's about being inquisitive and about investigating things. And through design research, I suppose you have the flexibility to not think about necessarily the commercial world. It's not necessarily in that. It's more about the world of ideas. And as a kind of design researcher, I create things and I test things and I maybe write papers and I do presentations about things, but it's all about design thinking, Yeah, thinking about how we might design. It's really interesting. I feel like our conversation already is going into or exposing the fact that design is not just about solutions. We've talked a lot about problem solving in some of my other interviews is hugely about asking questions yeah, yeah, yeah. and clearly that's something you feel really passionate about yeah, yeah. Okay. something we were just chatting about in the lift on the way up here can I ask you <laughs> what are your favorite tools as maybe as a designer and as an educator are they the same or what are your favorite tools yeah that's a really hard one and there's lots of things that I use every day that are kind of really enjoyable things to use or kind of help me do what I do but I think kind of tools that I think, I suppose I like the idea of metaphysical tools. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> things that aren't necessarily things, but kind of the ideas behind things, so things that might inspire. So if you think about thinking before doing or debating rather than following, and humour as a tool, as a way to kind of open discussion and engagement. So those sorts of tools. Yeah. Communication to tools. Communication yeah. tools. So exactly. kind of human communication yeah, tools. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Sometimes to, you know, if you're someone that's helping people draw out their ideas, exactly. you need to connect with them in, yeah, in a yeah. way that might make them feel comfortable to talk yeah, about yeah. their ideas. Yeah, I think actually, you know, humour is really important. I think it's often in all sorts of ways, it's very easy to become very serious about things. Yeah. But, you know, humour is kind of, it's really good for you. It's good to laugh. It's good to have fun. 
And, you know, I think it's, it's a really good way to gain perspective too. Yeah, absolutely. Just talking about your career journey, you know, because yeah. you, you were a practicing designer for a long time before you became an educator. Did you always want to be a designer or did design come to you? I thought I was an artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I did an art foundation. A lot of, you know, young people, they come out of kind of GCSEA levels, they've studied art because that's all that's really on offer apart from design technology when we were studying. Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of all changing now. But I enjoyed painting and I enjoyed drawing. And I thought, okay, well, I'll explore this. And I went to foundation and I thought I'd like to try lots of different things and work out what kind of creative personal was. But I really thought I was a painter and it was a, it was a tutor foundation that told me I was a designer just by looking at my sketchbook. I think at the time I didn't question it. I thought, okay, well, I'll give that a go. And yeah. I started doing 3D design and I just followed that. I mean, in hindsight, I think it was probably just luck, you know, or you know, maybe there was something in that advice. I think you might be surprised actually, because it's very similar to my experience. I was on a foundation course. That's where someone spotted my skill set and yeah. suggested I go, I specialize in 3D design for the second half of the, yeah. the course which I'm eternally grateful for. And that has actually come up with some of the conversations I've had as well. So I'm definitely learning that if you don't know yet, but yeah. you you know you want to do something creative and you've got some of the traditional skills that might make you think you're an artist, but you don't know how to pursue that as a career, a foundation course might be a really, really great idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier. Foundation is such an important time. A lot of students... When students apply to university, they don't always think about a foundation because I think there's yeah. this there's this urgency or sense yeah. of urgency to get onto a degree course. But actually, our foundations are still free, unfortunately as well, because not so many students are you know joining them for that extra year. There, there's less and less of them. Right? I think okay. it's a real shame. Yeah, and it's it's such Absolutely. a bad. There's no rush, you know, to get to university and just to have a year totally immersed in creative education and have that opportunity to work out what kind of creative person you are is so important. Particularly, I guess, with the investment of university these yeah, days, yeah, then yeah. it's better to make sure you're in a position to get the most out of it. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then when you finished your foundation course, you were fairly resolved then as that's what you wanted to pursue. You go, you, you yeah, then applied to I think study design at university. Yeah, yeah. But then also, you know, as a designer, I mean, this comes back to what we talked about earlier, there's so many different types of design within design, yeah. you know, and certainly like through studying at the RCA, that was to those kind of preconceptions about what design is, is totally broken down and it's, yeah. and design is creativity and design is in the way that perhaps we just, it's, there's a different type of output and it's, it's an output that kind of becomes embedded in culture and in the kind of identity in the way that we are able to live through the things that we kind of surround ourselves with so yeah design's really nice in that way that it just becomes part of life yeah and i really enjoy that yeah yeah so for me being a designer it's that ability to affect the everyday yeah the ability to make change exactly yeah. to make change yeah. and you mentioned there the rca that's the royal college of art in london and you yeah. you went and studied a master's degree there yeah that was obviously a really influential time yeah. in your life what sort of happened there and how did you then go on to work after the RCA? What was the link there between the end of your education and the start of, of work? I had a bit of time between the RCA and doing my degree and I worked for a couple of years 
within an interior studio. Yeah. And that was really good in terms of just learning how to make design work, you know, as a, as a business, as a thing, and how important it is. And you're certainly through interiors where you're translating all these different elements into one environment. When I went to the RCA, it was a nice time to, after having a bit of that experience, to go back and think about the reasons for things. Yeah. Like, why am I doing it? Why am I interested? And what do I want my creative output to be? What you know, Do I want to be a particular type of designer or do I want to maybe move towards design research? But I, I didn't realise it was design research then. Right, okay. So more in the territory of ideas rather than commercial things. Right, okay. Yeah, so that's that was interesting that you, yeah. that you went out and worked as a designer yeah, yeah. and then went back to education with yeah. some context of what being a designer actually means. Exactly. That, yeah, so yeah. perhaps you got more out of your time at the RCA, did you, with yeah, I than, think than so. you would have done? And when I was at the RCA, I was still working too. So I okay. had a foot in the studio and then also having the opportunity to do things that would never be in the studio because yeah. they were too kind of too out of place and too experimental. But that was really nice, having yeah. that opportunity. But then after that, I went back into practice and kind of explored different things. Yeah. Just very quickly then. Yeah. How did you get that first job? What did you do? <laughs> I was lucky enough to work for my tutor. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I worked hard at uni and then cheekily so, asked. So you had a three-year job interview whilst you were at whilst you were at university. Exactly. That's great. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's also a good thing about studying. You get to meet there's your tutors who are kind of connected with the professional world. Yeah. But you get lots of people in and out. Like some of the people that we had visiting then I keep in touch with now mm. and you just get a, an insight into the creative world, but also you start developing your contacts and yeah. your network. So it's perhaps an interesting thing to think about if anyone's selecting a university course to maybe yeah. see if you can find out how many of the tutors actually are practicing designers as well. Because a lot of tutors kind of teach half time and work half time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's quite no, it's always good to do your research. Yeah. On, Absolutely. on who's teaching, who's leading the course. And once you kind of see people's values, it gives you a flavour of what the course will be like. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm going to ask you some questions now about, because we've got you and you're, yeah, a, yeah. you're an educator, and I guess a lot of people listening to this podcast will be interested yeah. in going to university. So I'm going to ask you about some advice you give to people who are considering studying design at university. So... We talked about something there, you know, doing some good research about who the tutors are. Are they practicing designers? What do you look for when you're, because I'm, I'm assuming you have a lot to do with selecting the students for the courses. What do you look for? And do you think designers have any common characteristics for good or bad? What I look for, and I, th I think what we do look for in any kind of applicational interview process is, it's difficult, I suppose, what I'd always advise is if you've got the opportunity to do an art foundation, do it because it's a year of free education and you can try that kind of art school experience because it's very different from A-levels. Yeah. In what way would you? Would... It's, it, well, I mean, things are changing and not all A-levels are the same or pass to a degree, whether you're doing diplomas and things. Diplomas are slightly different. I think what we're looking for is someone that can think creatively and be inventive and be analytical, but also kind of think about ideas through drawing or through some kind of interest in in either making or creating visuals or photography or something that's beyond just 
essentially copying, which is yeah. which is a way that art's often taught in school. It's, it's about emulating things, isn't yeah. it? And that's, you know, it's a good way to learn painting through trying to kind of reproduce something. You learn a lot from reproducing. Yeah. But then when you get to university, it's very much about having an idea yeah. and being able to think creatively and be able to explore that creative process. So I suppose what we're looking for in any kind of portfolio or, or through interview or any of those processes is someone that's trying new things, trying lots of different things. When we're talking about kind of core characteristics of people now, introverts, extroverts, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing, do you see any common characteristics amongst those who are successful at getting positions, do you think? I think there probably are characteristics, which is why people naturally find themselves in disciplines. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if you see that necessarily interview. Yeah, I think was it was something like a foundation that's diagnostic. You can probably see those characteristics evolve and then you can yeah. help to place people. But without that non-process, it's difficult just with kind of what you're looking at. Yeah. I think I asked that question because I'm curious about yeah. whether designers and creatives are sometimes a little bit introverted and perhaps need to work a little bit on selling themselves and getting outside their comfort zone to not selling themselves necessarily but if you have an idea you have to sell it in some way shape yeah, yeah, or yeah. form and, and if you're selling that through some really great drawings or you're selling it through how you present maybe you're not great at speaking so maybe you make videos or whatever you know it's yeah. I, i'm interested in whether that's just an assumption of mine or whether that creatives are maybe a bit introverted i don't know you meet a lot more of them than I know. <laughs> <laughs> no perhaps you're right and, and maybe that's you know through kind of producing creative things you're kind of able to communicate stuff that's maybe not so easy in other ways yeah so, and also in terms of skills like sometimes people worry about not being good at drawing or not being good at painting or or making model making and you know, people, sometimes students worry about that in their portfolio, but I think that's why it's important to show a breadth because you don't have to be good at everything. You just need to be able to find your strength. Once you get out into the professional world, often you might be able to work with a team yeah, yeah. and work with people with different skills, and then you can really rely on your own skill. Exactly. Actually, just, just on that, like th this is what's been quite important with this cross-department unit, yeah. Unit X, and, and collaborating. Because, you know, up until university, we're very often, you know, with kind of education, we're very often working for ourselves, you know, with our own ideas and kind of showing how good we are at those particular things. And when we get to university, that transition to working with others is sometimes quite difficult. And there's this really nice conversation I had the other day when someone was saying that at school, you might get into trouble for cheating because you're copying someone else, but in the real world, it's called collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what you're good at and what you're not good at. And if you're not good at it, having someone help you with that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's very true in, yeah. in lots of ways. And I think yeah. knowing what you're good at and what you have to offer um, is really important. But also knowing what you, you know, the potential of something that could be amazing if you could collaborate with others yeah. is really yeah. important. Self-awareness is really important. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Once you get out of the school situation to be aware of where you're really great, where you're perhaps not, and that's okay. You know, you yeah. will get to you will get to work with other people. And that's why there's so many niche jobs out there, because people work together and, yeah. and form a great team yeah. uh, for an output rather than just everyone has to be great at 
everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so on the application to university process, are there any common mistakes people make when applying to study design? I don't know if there are any mistakes. I suppose the only mistake is not having the confidence to apply. Right, okay. I know certainly with the master's programme that I, I studied on, a lot of people I know didn't apply because they didn't think they would get in, and that's a terrible kind of... Yeah. <laughs> that's a mistake. Yeah. The RCA always, does have some prestige, I think yeah. I think you've always just got to try, you know? Yeah, And course. I think with applying to university, just try it. And sometimes if you don't kind of get in, it's not because... it Maybe it's just not the right fit. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's... I can just think... I mean, that's that's really great advice, of yeah. course. Just, just go and try. But I'll just perhaps think about that question in a different way. Are there any common way maybe students can improve on how they go about applying? You know, for instance, do people really overwork how they label their pieces of paper that they present their work on rather than concentrate on the work? Or do people show too many drawings and forget about other things? You know, we might have talked about this a bit already. Is there any sort of common improvements people could make when, when they apply to university? Maybe a mistake is not showing enough. Sometimes people over edit. Okay, right. You know, and it's good to edit. Just really save the you know the the finished things rather than show their yeah, their process. Yeah. A bit, it's, process it's a bit messy, a bit chaotic, but yeah. exactly, it's the yeah. process that's, that's the interesting bit. Of course, the final thing is important, but how you get there is even more important. Yeah. So I just encourage to show. Yeah, that very much kind of reinforces what we were talking about earlier. It's about process. It's what you're interested in. You're interested in how an idea is created, how it becomes real, and what that process is in between. So it's not just about the end result. No. Are there any common changes in students as they go from a new student studying design, you know, very specifically designed for the first time, between when they first start to when they finish their degree? Do you think there are any kind of moments where people think right i get it now or are there any you know do do their do their minds change in any particular way well yeah i think they do i think studying well certainly doing a degree at an art school or you know in a university i think it's a transformation process it's moving on from all the things that you've learned before and putting things into action but also having the space to really grow who you are and sometimes you know, you often see the students get it when they've got three months to go. Yeah. In the panic for the, yeah. final, <laughs> the final deadline. When, you know, we, when there's some serious pressure. Yeah, I've been through that. So most people have. You yeah. know, and you finally, uh, that intense pressure kind of helps force you to get it. But I think just going along for the ride and trying things and just really importantly being open-minded, I think that's the most important thing. Right, okay. And, you know, being... Allowing yourself allowing to change. Allowing yourself, exactly. Yeah. Allowing yourself to change. Yeah. And the whole thing's a creative process. Yeah. Not just the creative process, but the person is a creative process. Yeah. And I think that's really important because I certainly didn't think, I probably thought I was a fully-fledged designer when I came out of university. And yeah. But I think one of the most important things I've learned since, in the 20 years since, a bit more than 20 years, um, is I'm always keen now to question what I think about design. I'm always keen to question, you know, you should always keep questioning why you do things and always keep learning as well. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's a good point to to stay open-minded. My next question is a little bit controversial for you. Uh, (laughs) Do you think university is essential to to work as a designer? Are there there any 
things outside of of education that a student could do to yeah. to work toward working in design yeah yeah no i don't think it's essential yeah <laughs> but i think it's a really good way to get there yes of course you know i think there's lots of benefits to it but you know everyone's different and everyone learns in different ways in different places sometimes people come to university much later you know yeah um, after they've already had a career yeah and they want to change you know if you were kind of thinking about not whether you're really interested in going to university i think try you know there's no rush try something you know whether that's someone that you know of or know that you could start to kind of work with or work for or some kind of internship apprenticeship yeah. there's all of those things yeah. or just working creatively in any kind of capacity it's about developing character isn't it yeah and i think through trying something that process starts a process that perhaps gets you closer to where you want to be it's probably about intention and whether that's through university or not. I suppose what university does is it gives you a network. There's lots of other people in the same boat and you kind of creatively feel your way with lots of input and lots of... It's time for you to explore, isn't it? Yeah, you know, supportive yeah. environment. I mean, it's undoubtedly a great way to yeah, yeah, yeah. to find out about the process yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and learn that process without it being forced through in a month yeah. or two. But I think the, the point you made about maybe trying something first university will always be there exactly. you know you mentioned there how different university and art school is to school you know anyone that's been used to school and we all are up until 16 18 it's very laid out for you and everyone around you is exactly the same age in the same boat yeah yeah it's not like that when you get to university no. is it you know there's people of all different ages and all different backgrounds so you don't need to worry about falling behind there is no falling behind is there so i think that's great advice to if you want to try something first don't be don't be afraid exactly. of that go and try it there's no rush and uh, actually quite often you know students might have a year or two out yeah you know doing other things and then or even longer Ted so out. so split their course you mean or sort of do a year or two and then have a oh i mean there is that option too yeah you know you can do a year or two and then step out and then come back in again also courses are more flexible now that you can um you can take a year out as a placement year at another university or in industry for someone. I think I'm glad you mentioned that because I yeah. personally think that's a really great way if you can kind of sandwich some yeah. real life experience in the middle of your degree course. I know I've employed people for, for a year. They've studied two years at university. They've then worked for a year in yeah. industry, working close to real design happening with real consequences and then gone back to university, I think, with a much clearer idea yeah. about why they're doing what they're doing. So, yeah, maybe if you're looking for degree courses, maybe maybe look at ones where you might, might have that option. Lastly, on education, and this is considering race and gender, do you see a, a good degree of diversity across design? In general or in education? In well, design it's, education. It's and, kind of, and I guess in, de in, in design, yeah. Well, maybe it's not the same. I, I don't know. I'm interested in well, that. I mean, it is interesting. And I think, I mean, universities, I think in general, are doing a lot. Yeah. You're trying to do a lot about diversity. Yeah. About equal opportunities and making things accessible in lots of different ways um, for lots of different types of people. And I suppose it also depends where you are, you know, and location has a big kind of influence on that too. And I think things are starting to change. I think I think probably it's a... It's a wider cultural thing, yes. a wider social thing. And as priorities change, 
and people have different aspirations. I think being a designer for a long time has been, you know, like we were saying in the beginning, it's quite a niche thing. Yeah. You know, so it's maybe not at the top of everyone's what I want to be. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes how much the fact that design could be seen as a something in the arts, you know, perhaps yeah, yeah. might not be taken as seriously by someone's support network, their yeah. families, their friends, you know, oh, I know, go and study something where I can see a more tangible job for yeah. you at the end of it. And that's what I'm hoping we can discover with this podcast is there are so many ways you can go into the world and apply design. It opens doors rather than, you know, rather than closes them, I think. Uh, yeah, so you're right. I mean, it's, I think it's definitely a cultural thing. So I've been, I've been working with an art school in the Netherlands over the years, and there's definitely a difference in culture with design. So I think in in the UK, we probably, through education, we're very much focused around art. You know, if there's something creative, it's to do with the arts. In the Netherlands, if there's something creative, it's to do with design. Right. You yeah. know? And culturally, it's just in the mindset. So things like Dutch Design Week, you know, it's a design week in Eindhoven, but tourists go there like Dutch tourists will go and just have a look at the design as a thing to do because there's there seems to be like a very broad appreciation of design yeah just in general I think we don't have that in the UK yeah I think sometimes when you say that you're a designer and not everyone knows what that is is there any advice you could give to anyone who might want to seriously considering studying design themselves but wants to kind of convince their support network a little bit you know is there anything you could suggest that people could do you know galleries they could go to events they could go to or things they could look at you know on yeah, things yeah. they could research themselves is it really easy to find stuff online yeah you know places i suppose you know even in manchester you know we have galleries but we don't have a design museum yeah. there's one in london which is brilliant yeah there used to be one in barnsley you yeah. live out there <laughs> I don't think it's there anymore. Oh, really? No. But that was that was an interesting moment when Barnsley had a design museum. Yeah. It was 2008, I think. Right, okay. Just around the economic crash, and then I think something happened. And But also, you know, look at everything around you. Like what, what, I remember when we were studying, you know, not that long ago, really, 20-odd years ago. Yeah, a couple of um, decades ago. A couple of decades, well, maybe it's a long, not to us, <laughs> in a long time to us. But I remember just family saying, they go, what do you do? What are you studying? And I say, yeah. I'm studying design, three-dimensional design. And they go, what's that? But then you point out, well, the chair you're sitting on is designed. The room we're in is designed. The architecture, the kind of everything around you is designed. The things that you're wearing are designed. That's the thing. When something's totally ubiquitous and it's everywhere, it sometimes becomes invisible. I'm really glad you brought that up. That's a great point. You know, if, if anyone is wanting to convince their support network yeah this is a great industry to go into all they need to do is say look around you look at the things you hold in high yeah. regard look at any material object or any process that yeah. you hold in high regard it's all been designed by someone exactly. every single thing and if you look at how much man-made or man-influenced processes and objects there are around us at any one time that perhaps just will demonstrate just how much yes. design there is out there to do. You'd struggle to find something that hasn't been designed. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to travel travel up quite far up north. <laughs> so as someone who's preparing the next generation of designers, do you see the required skill sets for designers changing as technology changes and, and evolves? I think it's always evolving. Yeah. There's no kind of... There's traditional tools... There's tools that we need to make things. 
things are, are much more digital than they used to be. You need to have an awareness of that. There's a lot more opportunity through that too. You know, I, I suppose you know, if you're studying at university, you have the opportunity to engage with those things. So whether you are kind of more digitally focused or more workshop focused, you can build your skill set essentially with what you're interested in. But I think the most important skill set is developing thinking. Yes. You know, you can make anything, but at the end of the day, what's the point? Yeah. And I think the critical analysis of that is really important. And there was the World Economic Forum that constantly do surveys about the next kind of set of skills that are needed for kind of the creative world. And, and, and at the moment, it's very much all about creative thinking, analytical thinking, you know, yeah. that kind of open mindsets, I think, to yeah. be able to embrace things and also think creatively around problem solving. Yeah, and actually, as I was asking the question, I was thinking, yeah. well, we've already talked about how we think asking questions and working through ideas is probably probably one of the biggest skills for a designer to have. That doesn't change no matter what technology yeah. is going to implement your idea or what technology you're going to use to help you manifest your idea. You've still got to be able to ask the question. You've still got to be able to absorb the information around you and turn that into, into a question, which is that's the same process now as it was Exactly. 100 years ago. Yeah, yeah. 70,000 years ago, maybe, with the first <laughs> yeah. stone axe. Yeah. Just sort of moving toward the last couple of questions now, what are the biggest opportunities or maybe challenges or opportunities for designers in the future? I think design's becoming more understood. And, I mean, that's through lots of things, through kind of things that happen on TV, but also which kind of puts things in a cultural mindset, doesn't it? And then... But also, I think, I mean, I suppose if you're interested in it, have a look at what the Design Council are doing. And, right. you know, the Design Council, interestingly, was formed as part of government just after the Second World War to think about the importance of design for kind of reboosting the economy. And then, But then that seems to have got lost over the years and we've kind of lost touch of the importance of design. But actually, as we start to rethink things and realise, you know, there's the sustainable agenda and all of those. Yeah kind of you know important initiatives that we kind of I suppose important questions that we're asking socially design has the opportunity to kind of re-engineer and re-manufacture the way that we live so as a designer there's a really important opportunity to actually make the changes necessary yeah. the future will be designed the future of needs course, to be designed it has to be designed but what yeah. we need is we need more people to listen to designers yeah I heard that um, in Japan a government when they want to explore new initiative they have a designer as a project manager to coordinate it. Right. It's when you say designers need to have a, a louder voice, in a practical sense, are you perhaps talking about the fact that designers are, are still often in business, are seen as a someone fulfilling a task rather than someone being part of who leads the business? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, I suppose... Design is sometimes looked as a luxury, isn't it? Yeah. Kind of, some people might think of design as a luxury thing, but it's it's really just an, a necessary thing. Yeah. Right, last question for you then, Fab. I'm definitely putting you on the spot with this one. It's going to be a difficult one for you, I think. Is there anything you hold in really high regard as a great design <laughs> or an example of great design? I, Not necessarily an example. Like, the process. Yeah. I, I suppose if you're thinking about whether something's a piece of great design, maybe you need to ask some questions of it. Like, so how, how did it come about? What processes did it go through? You know, 
thinking about different scales, but was there a time when there was lots of experimentation, lots of testing, then when it kind of found itself in the world, has it been adopted and has it been useful and has it changed the way people have interacted or behaved in a particular environment? And then what happens at the end of the life cycle? Does it go back? Is it a circular thing? Part of the circular thinking? Has it been transformational? So they're all the components of a successful think, design to you. I think so, yeah. but also I don't really believe in good and bad. So I struggle to... There's so, definitely some bad. <laughs> well, is there? Because you could say it's part of a process, but I remember seeing a really lovely lecture by um, Brian Eno when I was at the Royal College, and he was talking about good and evil. But he compared it to kind of natural laws, and he's saying, well, what context are we thinking of this in? Because there's man-made laws and there's natural laws, and when you think about... Certainly now we're thinking about regenerative cultures in design and think, I'm thinking about the planet and more than human kind of perspectives on design. So not just designing from human perspectives, but from how it kind of exists on the planet. And as a living thing, we live in a living world. The consideration that something is going to exist and, and probably exists beyond your lifespan exactly. a, lot, a lot of the this time. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and is anyone really thinking about that or are they thinking about the short-term gain of what they're doing? And I guess when I yeah. maybe flippantly or judgmentally say there is bad design out there, I often think of things that perhaps we, we might not even consider design actually because it's just a regurgitation of what someone else has done yeah, yeah. in a different colour, at a different price to yeah, turn yeah. a profit. That, I guess, is where I start thinking it's bad design because we've got enough stuff in this world. Yeah, yeah. And it's also perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's so, everyone's different. And I think that's also really important for design too when we think about belief because the meaningfulness of something, it relates to how the person perceives its worth in a way, you know, whether someone's just to live with it or not or whether someone values the, the decisions that you've made to make it. And I remember when, when I was a student, someone saying that, you know, you can design whatever you design, it may only appeal to 1% of the world's population. Yeah. And at the time, it's like, oh, God, that's kind of, it's almost soul-destroying because this thing that you kind of feel so it's quite passionate about, <laughs> you know, I suppose yeah. you know, when yeah. you look at it economically, then that's probably yeah. quite good. But the meaning of things yeah. is very different. I suppose what it comes down to is the meaning of things is very different for everyone. And what's good for someone is bad for another. And, of course. You know, and sometimes people find so much joy in things that other people would think would be a total waste. Yeah. So it's perhaps to do perspective. And on that bombshell, I think we'll end the podcast there. So I'll just take a moment to say thank you very much for that. I think we've got some great advice in there for anyone wanting to pursue a career in design. Is there anything else you want to add before we close yeah, up? I think what's really important is to beware of bandwagons. Okay. Be careful jumping on. It's that thing about perspective too and thinking about where information comes from. Yeah. There's lots of discussion around things like fake news and the problems with social media and how that perhaps influences the way that we think. Yeah. And, you know, certainly as a creative person, it's important because you're in a position where you can really affect the way that we live. And it's important that those decisions are made in the right way and they're not just following bandwagons. Take, take your responsibility, take responsibility as a designer and don't just do what everyone expects. Yeah, exactly. Really research and have your own point of view. Well, I really enjoyed that and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Great. Thanks, Kim. Thank you.